I'll square that circle for me, Cardass. Secure work that offers autonomy. Well, how much autonomy is being offered? Is it enough autonomy? How do you decide also, how much autonomy is also, offered? Also, you, you've identified that under capitalism, there is no such thing as secure work because mm. all of the work that you you fetishize as like secure work, like a uh, you know at the Ford plant in Dagenham. Definitionally wasn't secure because it doesn't fucking exist anymore. The only <laughs> the only secure work left is like if you're uh, MP. The, yeah yeah MP mm. uh, if you're some kind of like fail son or fail daughter who gets to work uh, you know uh, arranging fucking flowers uh, you know at some sort of commune and the police officers keeping all of us from all of them. Yeah, Indeed. podcaster things of that nature. <laughs> yep. Or being the PE teacher slash pedophile at your local uh, local. Uh, they always need school. a town nonce. They always, <laughs> when you had a local nonce, nowadays it's all centralised. They send you a nonce from London, but in them days there was a local nonce, and he'd say hello to everyone. He would on his way into the school where he worked because that is where the nonce. Remember the when nonce the local pedophile could beat you up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When the, when the pedos were hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, now nah, they can't even overpower the children. It's sad, really. It is. Yeah, it's political correctness gone mad. Yeah, children, they laugh at the local pedo now. Because <laughs> they've had all their powers taken away by political correctness. So, um, but that's the other thing, right? his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> Again, like, shame on you, sir. Your forebears would be deeply ashamed. You, you get a letter coming through saying that the nonsense contract for your kids has been taken over by, like, Veolia or Sodexo. <laughs> Or S. Yeah. So what's G four nonce? So basically, right. What what he's again, this is one of this is one of these reasons that this book is slightly hard to talk about. Because it's like, yeah, it's good. To, it, it would be better if there was more secure work. And, you know, it, it, that would be great. And, and yes, it but was no more secure. analysis and, yeah. of how we no. got into this shit in the no. first place. And also no understanding that there, yeah, as you said, Alice, there's no such thing as secure work, just more and less secure work. And the idea that you can just sort of, he's like, no, I loved those laurels we had back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and I demand we rest on them. Mm. Um, so people search for dignity through their work, he says. Workers receive and gain re status from others for the job they do. And again, like, why? Why? Why, why, do, why does it have to be involved in this sort of exploitative relationship we described earlier? What is necessary about that other than just you've decided that it's dignified to do because mm. dignity is a way of saying something like, it's a way of expressing what you mean is autonomy, but with a few extra steps with your own prejudices. He's essentially doing a, a bit that I've done in the past on Twitter, but unironically, where every time I see a photo of like, oh, this postman's retiring after 50 years delivering mail, uh, and like he gets a nice write-up in the local newspaper, one of the things I like to say is, well, at least the Soviet Union would have given him a medal, right? Or, or like a, a set mm. of the complete works of Lenin, right? Yeah. But now we don't even bother doing that. No. That yeah. doesn't... When a pedophile retired in the Soviet <laughs> Union, they got a medal, yeah. they got a complete works of Jimmy Savile. You know, <laughs> they of, were respected. Of roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. The, the joke there, and I hate having to explain it, but the joke there is that it wouldn't be that much better. It's just that we don't even bother to do the token thing. And what John Kratos mm. is doing is like, no, I miss the token thing. We should do the token thing. Yeah, it, well, I think uh, like what I was going to say earlier was that uh, this book, I think, very much suffers from something which is 
I mean, it's part of the liberal imagination in general, but I think it's quite it's quite uh, specific as well to the British liberal imagination, which I think it, it comes out more fully. It's just like a complete lack of imagination. Mm. Like things can only be like ten percent better than they are now at most, and like the and most only we if can they do were like that in the past. Yeah, yeah, we can only do things that have already been done. We can't do anything else. We shouldn't see the fact that things are now totally fucked, and we may as well start over as an opportunity to do something better. The only thing we can do is return to something we've already done. Yes. And I think I think one of the other things, right, is that there there is this idea I think there where a lot of British political parties I think they 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 think that like just if you're sort of nice enough to the right kinds of companies, which again is basically Crudass's um uh, 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 point of view, right, that you have to just be nice to everyone and then they'll sort of be encouraged to go back to the corporatist bargaining table or whatever. That sort of everything will just solve itself because everyone likes and loves Britain, and I think that's just you know probably not true. Um, he also says, work can demonstrate citizenship and standing through a productive contribution to a wider sense of community. That's Great just, fucking that's sentence. That's just words. Yep. Uh, that's, no, it's not just words. It's, it's Britishness stuff. That's Gordon yeah. Brown shit right there. Mm. It's also, again, back to uh, Starship Troopers. That's the little kid uh, wanting to be a citizen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> your citizenship is determined in part by your dignity of work. But if you can't work, such as if you are forbidden from working by your immigration status. Mm-hmm. Oh well, no, we won't have any immigrants when we go back to corporatist Britain. Ah, oh, of course, no, of course. Yeah, be no, in the seventies. No, no. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, immigration in this book is referred to again exclusively as something that uh, disrupted an otherwise harmonious relationship between one of many forces. To be fair, but the force that disrupted uh, the harmonious relationship between uh, workers and bosses. Yeah. Um, Why were those immigrants here? John Crudas. <laughs> Should we talk about that? How did that happen? So, uh, what what persuaded these people so yeah, he, to move he, to the other side of the earth? So he loves this idea of like the physical communities of people doing things because it was also the site of political communities finding communion. And he talks about communion a lot. He uses that word quite a bit and solidarity through shared struggle. Um, Why and, don't we all go down the working men's club anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because and, it's been closed and turned into a coffee shop. And I think when when he talk when you talk about the struggle, you're like, well, what did they struggle for? They weren't struggling for like a a, a medal or 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 whatever. They, it was pay and time off. Like that's what it was. That's what affords. If you want to talk about dignity, something like a, a work where you can know that you can tip your hat to the foreman or whatever. That doesn't pay dignity. Pay does. I, I too remember all of the strikes of the 1970s where British Leyland workers demanded that everyone go out onto their front doorstep and clap for them. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> and, best, the best example for this, right, is firefighter strikes, right? Because everybody fucking respects firefighters already. If somebody tells you they're a firefighter, you don't go, oh, you fucking dickhead, do you? You go, <laughs> well, hey, oh, well, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love fire. Fire's <laughs> awesome. I, I'd love to see a fire one day. It's, it's, it's always, like, you're a big man, do you? Fighting perfectly innocent fires. They're just trying to get by. It's a, pro, it's a perfectly respected and therefore, in John Crudus's imagination, dignified job. Mm. But firefighters still go on strike all the time because people keep trying to cut their rate, their wages, cut their hours, and fucking close their yeah, fire and, stations. And the weird thing, Crudus does talk about stuff like pay. He does talk about stuff like job security but again you never this is why i compare it to the well i compare it to the gotha program is that um you never really get a sense of well okay he says oh the pay should be enough it's like okay well you know what's enough mean how does that get determined who's to stop any who's to stop capital from say redetermining that in the future in their favor right the minimum wage had a lot more purchasing power when it was first implemented 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, what I I think another thing I hate about this book is that he has managed to write a book about essentially like Marxist economics while knowing not really more about it than me. <laughs> like I wouldn't like I wouldn't presume to write a book on Marxist economics because I would say stuff like, yeah, well, workers should be paid enough. And I know when I'm saying that, I'm like, because someone else will decide how much that is. Someone who's read about the stuff. But if you've read the book, you have to be, if you're writing the book, you have to be the guy who decides that. <laughs> I don't have to decide that because I'm not writing the book. Well, he, it is. And again, I mean, I, I didn't want to go into this because it's a bit boring. But like a lot of it is based on a very sort of a very peculiar and you might say very like. Like a weird reading of the labor theory of value, again, based on on, on, on something in the Grindry. You say weird, I say revisionist. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, again, but it's it's weird because it's sort of arguing against a position that no one really seriously has, which is that all wor- jobs are going to be automated in 10 minutes, and that's a technologically determined apolitical process. And I don't think anyone thinks to yeah, that. Is- you will know that that is not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think, that's a, I don't think <laughs> anyone actually thinks that. Um, and so that's why I say it's weird. No, stupid people do think yeah. it. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, I, like, my, like a lot of okay. Let's say a lot of my con- not my friends but contemporaries <laughs> from Cambridge University think that everything is going to okay. be automated. No, I just have contemporaries from there. No, how many of them like have very good opinions about Elon Musk and or Andrew? Exactly. Yeah. Anytime someone writes about like the essential ineffable nature of labor as a kind of good in itself in terms of its ability to grant purpose and communion and whatever, just ask how this argument would account for the introduction of the weekend oh so many years ago. How would someone yeah. who says By that the Australians. work work and the benefits of work in terms of the, uh, the nobility of struggle and the purpose of creation or whatever, how do, would they respond to someone saying, hey, maybe we should just do that for you know two less days a week? What about that? Yeah. My other, my, my other question, when was the last time John Crowder had a job that wasn't MP? <laughs> Say what you will about the weekend, but he was great in Uncut Jazz. Right. <laughs> so, um, here's another, another so it, basically, this is... Let's go. He, he writes as though he's writing against... Uh, a sort of immediate, um, you know, luxury communism, which we only separately I mean. We said that as a fucking joke. No one actually thinks, Jesus Christ. 